And for me to just let it go meant that it was okay for anyone to do that to me, Mm. anyone else. And there was this absolute fire. And I think the fire, the fire may have come from me being horrifically bullied at school for about a year. And it was physical, it was psychological. And that stuck with me for ages. And there was an element here of, no, I will not be bullied. I will not be bullied. And so I needed to step up and stand up. One of the most challenging aspects of leadership is facing bullies. The bullies from our past, the bullies in our present, and let's not forget the bullies between our ears. (laughs) We live in a culture that normalizes and even elevates bullies in the name of entertainment. Our culture encourages us to enjoy the suffering of others instead of empathizing with the personal pain of the bullied. Our culture increasingly encourages us to see bullying as a sign of strength. When in truth, the culture of bullying is about power over, fueled by shame and fear and violence. It perpetuates a right to retribution that dehumanizes and can ruin lives and lacks accountability, compassion, and empathy. This culture of bullying justifies hurting others and is often internalized, breathed in and integrated into our own self-talk. The culture of bullying senses the tenderness of vulnerability in others and is repelled by those who embody it because it mirrors their own vulnerability, which parts of them fear and despise. And unburdened leaders understand this is a trauma response to undealt with pain. It's the echoes of the wounds from being humiliated and dehumanized and devalued that can add fuel to our fire for change and a desire to impact, make impact for the greater good. And it can also take us out. Sometimes it is important to not engage and give credence to the bullies in our lives. And more often these days, it is important to take a stand, face the bully, the oppressor, the abuser, the betrayer, and say enough, no more, not now, and not ever again. I'm Rebecca Ching, and you're listening to The Unburdened Leader, the show that goes deep with leaders whose burdens have inspired their life's work. Our goal is to learn how they've addressed these burdens, how they rise from them, and become better and more impactful leaders of themselves and others. Standing up against the culture of bullying is not a sport or fodder for entertainment. It is easy to be a spectator and offer shoulds and opinions from a distance. It is a lot harder to get into the messiness of the arena with someone who is daring to take a stand against those who do harm. Standing up and standing with those who've been bullied is about healing our own personal experiences with bullying and our relationship with our own inner critic protectors so we can shift the normalizing of dehumanizing, entitlement, and physical and psychological violence. My guest today decided to push back on both the internal and external voices that said she should not pay time or energy to a recent bullying and public shaming experience. For many, like my guest today, standing up to a work-related bully was fueled by her own childhood experiences with bullying. Gemma Went is an online business mentor and digital growth strategist based in the UK and works with entrepreneurs and business owners across the globe and helps them achieve great things and smash their goals through her proprietary framework and systems, all based on three core principles, mindset, strategy, and action, which make up her MSA approach. In this episode, notice how Gemma made the careful and values-based decision to take a stand against bullying experienced in adulthood. Reflect on the impact her childhood bullying experiences had on her decision to take a stand, along with the important work she did prior to this choice to heal, grow, and lead the trauma of her bullying instead of it leading her. 
And now I am so happy to welcome Gemma Went to the Unburdened Leader Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to be here. Listeners are in for a treat. Um, your story, your business acumen, acumen combined with your humor, and maybe we'll get a belly laugh out of you today, will delight <laughs> and inspire, no doubt. So I'd like us to start by going back in time to when you found out you were pregnant and then shortly after this news, you had lost your very successful corporate marketing job. Can you tell yeah. me more about this season and how the burdens of this season shaped your life and work today? Yeah, it had oh, such a big effect because I was a planned single mom. Well, to be at that point, obviously I was pregnant with my first child and I decided to do it all alone and so had put everything in place to allow me to do that um sort of emotionally and financially and then just had the rug pulled out from under me um and the thing that was interesting for me at the time was I think how much it affected my self-worth and how much my self-worth was completely reliant on that successful job that I had. Um, and so there was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of fear, obviously, um, because I had no idea what we were going to do. Um, I had no other financial reserves and no other way of getting financial support at that point. Um, and I had to strip everything back and go back to basics. And so there was there was kind of like on one side of me, this feeling of hurt and betrayal and loss and questions around my worth. And then on the other side of me, there was this lioness that was roaring <laughs> up and was ready to um, protect my son and, and be a mother. So there, there was a lot of stuff going on at that point. So can you Get more specific. You said the rug was pulled out from under you. Can you detail us the life that you had planned for you and your son with life as you knew it working at your corporate job to what you lost and what shifted in a very short amount of time? Yeah, it's, you know, for me, the loss was really stability. Um, mm. I had planned what I was doing, where I was living, how it would all work. I mean, later, you know, much later, I realized it never would have worked. And it was a great thing to happen anyway. But in the moment, um, all of those plans, all of those dreams, that whole lifestyle just fell away. Um, and my my first um, my first step was to because I was seven months pregnant at that point. And my first oh, wow. step was to find us somewhere to be so that I could actually birth my baby in a safe space. And um, a dear, 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 dear friend of mine came forward and offered me her guest room for as long as mm. I needed it. Um, here, she was also a single mom. She understood the pressures of that. So I was very lucky that I moved into there. But again, you know, that staying in someone's guest room and moving away from the dream and the plans that I had was just this huge shift, like absolute huge shift, as well as, you know, someone like me who's fiercely independent has been since I was incredibly, incredibly young, um, having to ask for help and then having to take help. And that was very new for me. Um, and it was uncomfortable, um, but it was something that I had to get used to and I had to accept. You, The reality changed dramatically. You mentioned then your self-worth being impacted by this. Can you be as specific as possible how that was attacked and, and, and detail, especially if it was connected to the asking for help and receiving help mm -hmm. and how that shifted for you? Yeah, so I, you know, I have lots of, um, <laughs> I have lots of stories. This is one of many, um, and <laughs> <laughs> which includes, you know, quite serious childhood trauma and bullying and various family crises that all 
kind of created a feeling of I'm worthless and I am not enough. And so that I think was with me from a very, very early age. And everything I did was to prove I was worthy. And for me, that got very much wrapped up in success. Um, And so, and I was very successful, you know, pretty much everything I did from my 20s onwards, I was successful at um, because I made sure that I did because it was so much of a crutch for me and it, it was the thing that made me feel worthy. Um, so to have that taken away and go back to just hmm, and what I have um, was a real, I mean, I think it was actually a brilliant thing for me to go through at the time, but when it happened, it just took everything away and made me return to those feelings um, and where they came from. And, and you know, those little stories that crop back up that haven't come up for years, the, the see, see, see you're not worthy, see you're not successful, see you're not good enough. And those started to come back up again. And it was, it was really navigating that that was the journey for me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because I'm hearing you talk about really painful, really difficult things that you experienced and that you went through, these traumas, these burdens you carried that fueled your drive, that fueled your survival, that fueled your thriving Mm -hmm. to not stay where you were. Mm -hmm. And you, that that drive and that I'm going to get away and be everything (laughs) opposite of this, those are my words, (laughs) but to move away from that, inspire this amazing success that you experience, this worldly success, right? Um, Working in marketing in a corporation. And then when that was pulled out, the echoes from those lies and those beliefs, the, the volume turned up on them. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. And so how did you find your new normal? You're in your friend's guest bedroom, unemployed with a newborn. Mm, I think, do you know what? Once, once I was safe and in that room, um, which was beautiful, I was very lucky. My friend has a very, very beautiful country house with lots of space. Um, and she's a dear mm. friend and I, I know her very well. Um, once I was safe and in that room, I think everything just turned into survival. So I knew that I had to earn money. There was no way I was going to get a job again because I was seven months pregnant. I wasn't employable and wouldn't be for a little while. And I didn't even know if I wanted to be anymore. Um, I knew that it wasn't indefinite staying at the guest place. So I needed to be earning some money so that I could rent our first home together. So I'd had a business before. Um, I had a digital marketing agency 15 odd years ago. Um, So I knew how to set up a business. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to set myself back up as a digital marketing consultant. It's what I've always done. Um, I can build websites myself. I can do SEO myself. I can do the marketing myself. So I just sat in that room with my MacBook on my lap, my belly getting bigger and bigger um, and created the business, set it up, created the website, optimized it for search in the hope that by the time I was looking for work sort of two, three months after my son was born, I would be found and people would be looking for me. So I I just completely immersed myself in getting this going, reaching out to everybody I knew, telling them I was going to be available. Um, And that really took over and it was absolute survival mode. Um, And that kept me focused. Uh, And Mm. that became the new normal. Um, Just that that fire and that drive and the, the lioness wanting to protect my cub and, and that, drove me forward um and to be honest it i it stopped me from wallowing in it 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 made me move out of that and just go right that's done what do we need to do to move forward um and that really helped spur me on so you had a combination of some previous experience but you also had this biological hardwire the lioness i love that this lioness Mm. part of you that says we have a child to take care of so we are digging in. And I, I love how you just continue to network the action. It was action upon action upon action. 
um, that field? You you let everybody know. You said that what you were doing. What was what were the responses you received at the time when you were sharing with people that you were building up your marketing consultancy firm? Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. I had a lot of support. I knew a lot of people in the industry. Um, I had a lot of support. I had a lot of agencies that wanted to hire me there. And then I just said, no, you have to wait until I had my son. Um, but yeah, it, fe- it felt really good. There was a lot of support around me. And I did, you know, um, after I'd had Jack, I think he was about two months and I got approached by a really good agency in London to work on a big brand account on their social media strategy um, who had me on retainer. I picked up a couple of other retainers. So it was pretty instant and the people were very, very supportive. Um, And, you know, the nature of my work was that I could still do it from that bed, most of it. Um, So I, I, it, it was very, very fortunate that I had that network and 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 the experience that I had to kind of get me out of that situation hard work connections and a lioness (laughs) (laughs) powerful survival mode and what happened with those echoes during that time of the self-worth that those those voices that said Mm. ah you see you see what was going on with them during that time I think they were buried they weren't processed Uh. They were definitely buried um, and they were to come out later um, when I would need to start processing them. But I think I think my system couldn't quite cope with everything that was going on. You know, I'd just gone through that traumatic event. I'd had a baby and was learning to be a mum in a house that wasn't my own and there was a lot for my and, – and then start a new business. Um, so there was a lot for my system. Uh, to cope with and I think I just buried a few things um, which later on came back up again so let's let's flash forward um, to that so you started this consultancy that ended up turning into a very thriving online business Hmm. can you tell us a little bit about um, the business that it ended up coming into yeah so ended ended up evolving yeah, so it, it started obviously working as a as a digital marketing consultant for brands and corporates. Um, and as time went, and, and you know, I earned enough money in the first year. So when Jack was nine months, we rented our own home um, and that felt amazing. Um, and while we were we were living there, I started to work with smaller business owners that would that they'd found me on Google or on social media and they were asking for help um, specifically with digital strategy um, and I would speak to them about it and realize that you need to take a step back it's not the digital strategy that you need you need the whole business strategy you need your business model the revenue streams aren't right and I realized how much actual business knowledge that I had from sort of being on the board of directors at a couple of agencies working in corporates running my own business growing teams um and I started to then look more holistically at online business and small business um and stepped more into a mentoring role. And I think that's where I found my my real passion. Um, because although hmm. I love digital marketing, my my passion wasn't there. But when I started to help people more similar to me, particularly I work with men as well, but particularly women that were in the struggle that wanted to create a successful life and th- uh, through a successful business, um, I resonated more and it became more of a passion and more of a why that that drove me. So I stepped more into business mentoring and then that's when it blew up. But also that's when those stories came back, the you're not enough and um, the the other stories. Um, It was the minute I stepped out from, I guess, behind the, I was like the Wizard of Oz with the brands. I was behind the curtain all the time. I didn't really need to be out there and visible. But then when I stepped into this new market, I needed to have my personal brand. I needed to be out there. I needed to take a stand. I needed to lead. Um, and it's when I stepped out from the curtain that the voices came back. Like, well, who do you think you are? Um, you're not good enough. And that's when I had to start really processing and going inwards and do the work to help deal with that. So as you 
became more successful and more seen, the voices, the internal critical shame-based voices got louder. Those burdens, the echoes of those burdens dialed up again. Yeah. Navigating the bullies in your life and in between your ears can get the best of you. It is amazing how the bullies in your story can still hijack your present and rob you of your confidence, make you question your instincts, and usher in old struggles that you thought were resolved. Now your curiosity and work ethic set you apart and you're often ahead of the curve on new and innovative practices and techniques that support your leadership and your business. So when what has worked for you to navigate struggle and growth edges and other issues has stopped working, it may be time to dig back into your curiosity and learn more how the burdens you're carrying may be what is holding you back. Unburdened Leadership Coaching supports leaders like you to navigate the reoccurring struggles and the challenges of growth that will help you embody the skills and practices that support your leadership for today and for your tomorrow. Set up a connection call with me to learn more about Unburdened Leadership Coaching at www.rebeccaching.com. one of the things I valued, I've, I've known you for quite some time, is you really practice what you teach. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that, um, because that's not the norm. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. And, and so I want to take you to a specific moment that I had the privilege of witnessing. Um, it was around December of 2018. And you were wrapping up the biggest launch you've ever had. You mm-hmm. were Uh, putting together a 12-month program for people to be mentored by you with such exquisite support and detail and access to you. It was really cool to see how um, your consistency, your devotion to to every potential client, how you saw clients not as a dollar sign, but you continue to see every person as a human. So it was it was really powerful for me because it's so easy to get jaded when you see sales and marketing and that mm-hmm. cynicism is, is so thick. Um, and just how you communicated with such integrity with every offer. And, and I got to see, again, the behind the scenes, how you worked the very tools that you sell to help you execute this incredible offer to have female business owners work for you um, in that. So amidst your relentless um, to, to service, relentless to excellence and your desire to give people all that they truly needed, no more, no less, <laughs> um, the whole thing was inspiring and and I think medicine for a lot of people. So it was not a surprise that it was your biggest launch. And it was, I was so proud to know you and, mm. and to, to say, I know her. <laughs> you broke the mold with that launch in many ways. You were, you were pushing the edges of, of people who were tired of the same old, same old and set these new standards for integrity as you expanded your business that honored your mission and your vision to help female business owners. So we entered the new year mm. and you told me this later. We, it was obviously um, something private, but then became public that someone publicly started to attack you, like mm. viciously attack you and your credibility. Just someone else in the field and in in this in the business online business and marketing space. And I was struck by your response because there were many people that were saying, "Oh, just let it go. Don't feed the haters. You know, just let it go." And you had a different response. You decided to do something different. Can you talk about that? Hmm. It, it was it was tough. Again, even though I had processed a lot of those those stories and I'd done a lot of the inner work, this kind of brought all of that back up, and I felt betrayed um, and sad um, and let down. Um, but there was this. And, you know, the thing is, had I thought it was right, I probably would have reacted very differently. Had I thought I had made a mistake, I would have reacted differently. But I was absolutely certain I wasn't to blame here and I hadn't done anything wrong. And for me to just let it go meant that it was okay for anyone to do that, to me, Mm. anyone else. And there was this 
absolute fire. And I think the fire, the fire may have come from um, me being horrifically bullied at school for about a year. And it was physical, it was psychological. um, And that stuck with me for ages. Um, And there was an element here of, no, I will not be bullied. I will not be bullied. And so I needed to step up and stand up um, because it just, just didn't feel right. And my approach was, you know, I, I never get into online public spats. It's not my game. I, I have no interest in it, but I wanted to stand up for it. So I actually paid a, a lawyer to help advise me through it and get legal support. Um, and that was great. Because I wanted, I wanted to to respond, but I wanted to do it in a way that couldn't make the situation worse, that couldn't get me in hot water. I wanted to be certain I was saying the right things. I was being factual. I had my lawyer check all of my facts to see if there were any grey areas in anything that I was claiming. Like the, the poor girl had to read through loads of loads of emails and messages and stuff to check that what I was saying was absolutely right. And once we'd done that. I crafted a very um, passionless um, and emotionless response um, that just detailed the facts. It didn't even respond to the person because I didn't want to respond to the person. Um, But what I did do was lay out the facts in response to what she had said for people that were reading that. And I just said, you know, these are the facts. They've been fact-checked by my lawyer. The whole response has been fact-checked by my lawyer and signed off. Um, This is actually what happened. I will leave you to decide what you believe on this. Um, And that's what I did. And it was was tough, um, but it felt like the right thing to do. The easier thing to do would have been just to ignore it. Because, you know, I had a lot of people at the time messaging me saying, uh, yeah, I don't believe a word of this. This doesn't even make any sense. Um, So I could have just left it, but it just felt wrong. And I needed to make a stand and I needed to stand up and say, I won't be allowing this. I won't allow people to attack me. I will get my lawyer in and I will deal with this properly. Um, And it it, is horrible as it was to go through. um, It was a really powerful thing for me to do for myself. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I think, you know, I'd gone through lots of stuff that had made me feel quite powerless. Um, Stuff that happened in my childhood, the bullying, stuff that happened later on, um, losing my job, all of these things had kind of taken my power away. And this felt like it was almost like the last straw. It's like, no, you're you're not having my power. And it felt really good to be able to do that. I would never want to go through that experience again. Wouldn't recommend anyone else does, but it felt really good to go through that and, and take that power back. Hmm. So it was the right thing to do for you in the moment, but also the healing f- thing to do for those parts of you that have been robbed of your power and your dignity and yeah. your own respect. Ah, oh, that is powerful. That is very powerful. I mean, you have had some space from this now. Mm-hmm. Would you do anything differently now that you, no. when you look back no. on it, would you, no, you're, no, you're hundred percent clear. Not. Yeah, no, 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 I absolutely wouldn't. Um, I may have, I, I think maybe I should have done that earlier on. Um, but, mm. You know, you never know how these things are going to play out, right? You never know what's going on with people. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to treat it with compassion before calling in a lawyer or anything like that. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think I'd change anything. And if someone did that again, and I absolutely knew I wasn't in the wrong, um, I probably would do it again. I think that's powerful to be able to look back and go, no, I would, even though it was hard and a huge mm. time and resource investment, um, you, you fight for your integrity. And mm. um, I really appreciate the example of that. I also know the energy drain it was on you. How did, once this was resolved, how did this experience take you out? Or what was the personal impact and toll of this act of standing your your ground? What did it have on you for better and for worse? Yeah, you know, it made me take my power. It made me realize where my line was and, and what I wouldn't allow to cross. Um, it made me realize who I want to work with and who I don't. Got really clear on that. 
Um, I think I was in savior mode and I was trying to help too many people. And, and it was a big lesson that you can't help all of the people, sadly. Um, so it was a big wake up call. But I think on my system, it really took a toll because it it hooked back in again to all of the kind of trauma responses and the, and the, and the histories and the memories that I had. And, you know, it, it was the start of a year where even more of that sort of happened later on, not the same thing, but there were some other things that happened um, not long after that, that included things like betrayals and, and letdowns and quite a lot of hurt, both in my personal and my professional life, actually. Um, and it felt like I was going through one thing after another. And it got to the point where actually I felt that I think these things might be coming up because I have some unresolved stuff for me to deal with. Um, and it, it, it was a real wake up call um, that, okay, I, I have some deeper work to do here. And so, you know, last year, you know, cause we've, we've spoken about it last year, I made the decision to just focus on healing. Um, and it, it, all of this had a knock-on effect on my health. I developed adrenal fatigue. Um, my stress levels were, were super, super high. Um, and I knew that I needed to get healthy physically, but also mentally. And I needed to work through some of that stuff because it just felt like so much of that same feeling of betrayal was was coming up that actually there's a pattern there and actually there's something here I probably need to deal with. Um, so it was it it was the start of a very very big wake up call um, and a need to to do even more inner work. Our bodies are so wise. If we're not listening, they shut us down. Oh my <laughs> god, mine was like, nope, still not listening. Have that. Nope, still not listening. Have that. <laughs> And and for someone who you do survival mode, you do crisis, you you yeah. don't assume fetal position, you go in to go, but your body just after the, after this kind of series of betrayals, personal and professional betrayals, it was like we need to take a pause, and that was really yeah. there was some grief, there was some grief in that, yes, mm, yeah, there there really was. It was it was really really hard, and last year I cancelled a lot of projects um it had an effect on my revenue because I cancelled a couple of launches a couple of new things because I could just feel it in my body it wasn't right and I was so close to burnout I could have tipped over very easily and then not had the choice of whether I work or not um so I had to make some really tough decisions I doubled down on what felt good I doubled down on the clients I was working with and showing up and giving them as much value as I could and I just stopped a load of things and then focused and I'm still focusing on because it's a long process on healing my body um and healing the trauma that I still have inside and it's it's been a journey but I I already feel very different hmm. tell me more about that I just do you know what I think I think I had a wall up and I wasn't allowing um, this stuff to come through and come up and be dealt with. It was almost like I'd let so much up and I'd done so much work, but I was still pushing an element down. There was still a wall up. Um, and I, I unconsciously, because this is only something I really started thinking about recently, but unconsciously a good few months ago, I think I just took that wall down. Like my system removed it and it was almost like, right now's the time to really feel it and now's the time to be really vulnerable and just be open to all this and so I feel and have felt ever since very very vulnerable but with that vulnerability has brought this amazing strength and mm. depth of understanding and empathy um that and I was already pretty compassionate and understanding and empathetic before, but it feels like it's taken me to new depths. And I think that shows in my relationships, it shows in the work that I do, how I show up. Um, it's also made me kind of reprioritize my values and what I want to focus on and what I don't want to focus on. It's it's just been a really lovely 
wake up call, but quite a slow one. It's been a it's been a nice slow process as I've been through it. Well, and and slow hasn't really ever been your jam until your body said, I'm not giving you a choice. Yeah, <laughs> yes? exactly that. Exactly that. And I think, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the disease of the entrepreneur though, right? We're all type A's. We're all like, no, 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 I'm just going to keep on going and keep on going. So that's why so many of us get adrenal fatigue. That's why so many of us burn out because we ignore the signs. I actually think I'm incredibly lucky that I didn't ignore it for too long. I did still ignore it for too long. Like I reckon that was probably there for a good sort of 18 months year without with just me completely ignoring the signs of something biologically going on with my body and my body just not being up to it anymore. Um, but I feel really lucky that I managed to just stop and press pause before my body shut down and I just had to go to bed and recover for months. And that was scary for you while you, you're a doer. And yeah. that was some that was a scary time for you. How did you navigate really resting? It's not easy. It's still not easy for me. Um, and we're talking to each other in the time of lockdown with the coronavirus. So I, I <laughs> I'm all of a sudden starting to find it easier. It's interesting that this has come at a very interesting time for me because I was already trying to rest but fighting it a little bit. I was doing less and I cancelled a lot of projects and I was working with less clients. Um, but I wasn't resting as much as I really could have done. And this kind of enforced lockdown has also been, you know, I think I think it affects a lot of our systems that what's going on right now, we've lost control, we're in crisis, there's so much fear around health and business, economy, everything, that I think all of yes. our systems are currently overloaded and trying to process this. So on top of what of healing from adrenal fatigue, which I think I am now, um, my system now has this crisis on top of it that I feel like I have to rest. It's the fatigue is in my body. So I'm resting way more than I ever had. You know, yesterday was Sunday and I slept for half a day. It was amazing. If I need to oh, wow. in the morning and I need to sleep for another hour or two, I will do that. If I need a nap, I will go and do that. So this kind of enforced slowdown has actually made me do it. So and I'm and I'm okay with it because I have no choice. Um a global so, a global yeah, rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for some, for some. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a good lesson. Um uh, not a great circumstance to learn it in, but it's been a really good lesson and so I am actually getting used to slowing down and I'm liking it. I'm enjoying the pace. Is that surprised you how much you're liking and enjoying the pace? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. It's like, you know, I had an hour between one of my mentoring calls and this recording. Um, so normally me, I would be off somewhere else online doing something, catching up, creating something, writing. And I stepped away from my desk and went and made a chicken pie. <laughs> That's so not me. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm gonna make I love it. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could come and join you for some chicken pie. <laughs> I love that. So you're discovering some of these things about you yeah. um, in this, this, this shift. That is a big shift. Mm. How do you now, like you're an idea person. I think this is you and I are a lot like that way. Yeah. You're an idea person. How are you navigating truly resting and giving your brain even permission to rest, but still capturing the gold mm. that comes from that part of you that's always, you know, dreaming and planning and testing new mm. ways to really serve and help your clients? Yeah, do you know what? I I always run a little idea bucket where an idea just gets added and then I'll go back in a month or two and review it and realize either what the hell were you thinking or, oh my God, it's still gold dust, let's do it. Um, so there's a lot of that going on still. I've had so many ideas. I, you know, for me, the thing is um, things like recessions and stuff don't phase me. I've been through it before. Um, I've thrived. I've seen people thrive. Um, and so me as the, as a real kind of problem solver and an innovator, you know, you know, I've worked in innovation for, for four years. I'm immediately looking mm -hmm. at the solutions and the ideas and the the pivots for my clients that can't quite offer what they currently are. 
And so I'm having to just slow that down a little bit. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm kind of making micro commitments. Um, so I've taken, you know, my team aren't doing things like my content any longer because of the sensitivity of the situation. I need to be aware of what's going out um, uh, from the business um, and just make sure it's sensitive to the context of, of what's going on in the world right now. And so I've, instead of the kind of the usual rush of stuff that we do, I've just relaxed and and I've kind of made a commitment to myself to just do one post a day coming from the heart and soul when the intuition hits, write what you're feeling um, and then not pushing if it doesn't come. And interestingly, it's come every single day at different times, but it's just, you know, me processing that day and the conversations that I've had and then thinking about, okay, how can I help right now? What do I need to put out into the world? Because I don't want to put anything out into the world that's like not needed like for the sake of content. Um, so it's those kind of micro commitments um, that are stopping me from trying to do too much. And because I've committed to those and I'm consistent with them, that's fine. Like my, my system is absolutely on board with that. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And I've really, you know, another thing that I've done, and I think this is what I learned from the whole process last year is I've doubled down on one offer that was already existed. I haven't had to pivot, thankfully. Um, but I've doubled down on one offer because I'm holding space for a lot of people right now. I have four one-to-one -one clients who are amazing and I adore and they're doing brilliantly. Um, and I have, you know, 130, 140 people in a, in a membership. Um, and I had planned in April a mastermind and a program. And I realized as soon as this all hit, I realized that, that I cannot hold that space. I'm, I have not got the energy for that right now. So I put the new things on hold completely. I've doubled down on my membership. I've given more value in there. So actually what I feel like is my creativity has shown up for them. So what I'm doing is being really creative with my offer, being really responsive to their needs. Um, and it feels like all of that creativity is now being funneled into my clients and the content that I'm putting out. And so let me just reflect this back and see if it lands, because I'm hearing you say you've created more space that instead of working every minute of the day, you're pulling back and cooking. Mm -hmm. And I know you're doing more journaling and you live on this beautiful property um, in, and getting outside. And in the past, it have been just work, work, do, do, fix, mm -hmm. fix. And I'm hearing you going more into honoring the systems you have in place, but with really tight boundaries that protect your health and that honor the clients that you delight and delight in you, that you've really curated a community that is like-minded and you're serving them at your best. And then that feels of integrity, That then that's fostering more creativity and flow for you. Yeah, without a doubt. And it, and it feels That's really powerful. good because, you know, my, I, I had to, I haven't had to pivot my offers, but I've had to pivot my message and my mission for the time being, you know, my mission. And again, I think my lioness has come out again, roaring. My mission is to get my clients out the other end of this, this recession, this everything that we're going through with a successful business with a smile on their faces, with a healthy business, whether they survive or whether they thrive, it doesn't matter. I want them coming out the other end still with a business and still with everything running. And that that switch in mission has, and it's only a small switch, but it's kind of a contextual switch, has shifted me into what I'm doing with them and, and the depth that I'm, I'm going. And that has really helped me, actually. It's really helped me. As you're in this immense season of serving, how are you protecting not only your health, but navigating those old ways that put your worthiness into the results other people get or mm. what other people think? How are you protecting that right now? Mm. I, I actually, I think I resolved that a long time ago through the various things I went through in my business with, with clients and stuff that just happened and I resolved and realized that and it was a real wake-up call for me that 
all I am is a container. All I can do is provide the tools and the experience and the techniques. Mm. I can't, I'm not responsible for the results. I can just give them what I can give them. And so that me, because that, that used to be such a driver and I would take it personally if someone didn't hit their goals. And nine times out of 10, it had nothing to do with me. Um, they had something going on that, that stopped them from getting there. Um, but I took that very personally. And I think one of the things that I resolved last year is I don't do that anymore. I know I'm not responsible. I will go all out and help them as much as I can. But, you know, you can't always help everybody. Um, so as soon as I kind of let go of that, I don't have that attachment. And funnily enough, as soon as I let go of that, they get way better results because <laughs> I'm not holding on so tight. So you're not over functioning. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's powerful. I'm just, I'm just holding the space. I'm being really big on my boundaries. Um, at the moment, as we're in crisis, I'm getting a lot of messages, emails, Facebook messages from my clients in the evenings and weekends. And I'm, I'm being really strict. I'm like, I will only respond to these during the day on a work day. I am here for you, but that's when I will respond. And I'm being very, very big on boundaries. Um, again, something that I learned last year when I was trying to heal from adrenal fatigue. Um, so I kind of have everything in place to do this. And I'm stepping away and resting and napping and walking in my lovely fields, which I feel so blessed to have during lockdown. Um, it, it, it All of that supports me. So it, it doesn't even feel like the same me. It, it just feels mm -hmm. a very different system and a def very different outlook. It's powerful. So it's down, it's still new mm. getting to the real you. It's still new. It sounds like it's still disorienting, maybe too strong of a word, but it's, it's, you're still acclimating to mm. these new ways of showing up for yourself and for your clients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So you've touched on this a little bit, but I, I want to be really clear about the results of you doing this deep work to heal and rise from what you clearly articulated were re reoccurring burdens in your mm. life. What are some of the results that you're seeing in your life right now? Mm. Uh, deeper connections and and in particularly I think me me opening up and showing my vulnerability more and not in a in a oh you must show your vulnerability in your content in, a, in an actual having conversations with people and going deeper and kind of showing um that I empathize and I can understand through my own vulnerabilities and I I don't think I was ever comfortable with that before even though I would tell my story I was never quite comfortable with that vulnerability. It made me feel weak. Um, but mm. now that vulnerability makes me feel incredibly, incredibly strong. And I think that strength and that power is coming out and creating those connections with people, um, whether they're my clients, whether they're my friends. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it feels I think the best word is to describe it is powerful. Mm, that's powerful to even hear. Mm. Shifting. Yeah more shifting. And what's interesting is you feel more powerful and you're not over-functioning. You're not trying to make everybody happy. You're not working every minute of the day and you're feeling more powerful than ever. Yeah. Yeah. How does I, that, how does that, yeah, go ahead. I, I think that I was already on a journey or that would bring about massive shifts and a new way of me being and working and showing up and leading. Um, I feel like that's been heightened now with everything that's going on in the global economy and the pandemic and everything. I feel like that's been brought forward and it's been heightened. Um, and that I think is where this power is, is coming from. Like I have this absolute drive to show up and lead and 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 show everything like the vulnerabilities I've been really clear in the stuff that I've been sharing that you know I have the fears and and, and I have the the loss and everything that comes with what's been going on but I'm still able to function I'm still able to move forward and I have this absolute fire in my belly that I'll get through this and I'm going to get one of my clients through this um and that feels that's what feels really powerful for me hmm. thank you for that thank you so much for sharing 
giving us a glimmer. I know it's just a glimmer into your incredible life story, personally and professionally. Gemma, you are one of my favorite people on the online space and in the globe. Um, and I am so excited for more people to discover you and get to know you. How can people find you? Yeah, the best place is to go to the website, which is GemmaWent.co. UK. And then if you're on social media, I'm pretty much Gemma went on every social media channel. Wonderful. And yes, if you don't follow Gemma on social, please do to have very wise, very witty and very, very actionable business strategy tools and all the things. So I highly recommend it. And um, I'm just so grateful you took the time today to do this interview, Gemma. I know many people are going to benefit from hearing your your rumbles and your rises and the powerful shifts that you've made. So thank you for your time and your immense generosity. Thank you for having me and thank you for creating a space to have these incredibly important conversations. I think in these these raw and vulnerable conversations is where the real learning is for other people. So thank you for creating that. Oh, thank you. I couldn't agree more. Taking a stand against the culture of bullying requires courage and a deep clarity of values. When we take a stand and stop bullying ourselves and stop tolerating the culture of bullying in our lives, our workplaces, and our communities, we can shift the systemic impact the culture of bullying has had on our well-being, how we create, how we lead, and how we navigate conflict. This requires doing the work to heal from the burdens of bullying. Where are the burdens of bullying in your story keeping you from taking a stand against the culture of bullying and standing in your truth? How is staying silent perpetuating the culture of bullying in your life and your work. Gemma knew it was time to take a stand because to stay silent would mean she was out of alignment with her values and would do more harm to her own healing journey by, quote, taking it instead of pushing back and standing in her truth, even when she did not know how it would turn out. It is times like these when healing can happen, burdens can be lifted, and courage is deepened regardless of the end results. Taking a stand for our own dignity and the dignity of others without perpetuating dehumanizing can happen with compassion, clarity, and accountability. Thank you so much for joining this episode of The Unburdened Leader. I have listed ways to connect with Gemma in my show notes. You can find this episode show notes, and free Unburdened Leader resources, along with ways to work with me at www.rebeccaching.com.